0: All we'll right, I will say, good morning, let us begin. We begin by thanking our sponsors, Bakrashem, for this last death of Moy Cutton, to thank our Talmud sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph, Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shi'ur Madrashos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zechariah Ben Zechariah and Dina Basrab Dov. To thank Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating all of the Shi'ur Madrashos this month in memory of Art's brother, Richard Miller, Ruven Bennett, B'salel, Baruchel. And to thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Ayal Steinberg, for the Refua Shlim of Shulam, Bas, Susha. We hope that in the merit of our all Chole Yisrael have the completed enduring refuah. all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, and the families in a And I will say, with that, let us begin. So, our Hashem, we have the great Zichus today. To complete Nesachas, Moed Katam. Today's daf is Chav Tess. 29, last half we are picking up on the top of Chok on the base 28b at the Mishnah. So, we'll say, so a lot to, well, not, actually, not so much to do today. A lot of very beautiful Gemara today. We'll have the opportunity to really, uh, to really delve into it. So, it says the Mishnah. So, I'll we'll say, we've seen this Mishnah actually quoted a number of times, a number of times throughout the Messiah, so actually, throughout the last to Pragim. So women, on Khalamaid, Ma'anos avalo metaphos. So both say we're gonna get into the definitions of Ma'anos and Metaphos already. We've already spoken about this. Ma'anos literally again is like a wailing or a crying out. Metaphos means like a clapping of the hands. Again, we'll we'll define it. The point over here is that on there is a cap or a limitation on the external displays of mourning. So Nashim Mooshimamoid Women So they can go ahead and wail, right? They can go ahead and cry out, but ultimately, again, they cannot clap their hands in grief. Rabbi Shmuel says, Ultimately, again, those who are right next to the funeral bier, they have the ability even to go ahead and clap their hands in grief. Similarly, again, so once we're talking about days, or times in which one must diminish their external displays of mourning. So, so to again on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim, Maanos, Umetapros. They are permitted to go ahead and call out, cry out, and Metapros, as well as go ahead and clap their hands in grief. But both again on Cholamayid, as well as on Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, and Purim, Lomikononos. There is no, they're not Mekononos. Now again, we'll define all of these, Mekononos also sounds like a wailing or a crying out. We'll define the difference in just a moment. Nikbaranes, once the dead is buried, loma'anos ma'anos v'lo Good. So says the Gemara, Ezehu inui. So what's ma'anos? When we say ma'anos, what does ma'anos mean? What's inui? Shekulon onos ka'achos. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the Lushan of ma'anos is crying out, but everyone crying out together. Crying out in unison. So, what's mekononos? Kino? Sha'achos mitaberes mekulon onos achareha. Kino sounds more like what? Responsive. Responsive mourning or responsive wailing. Shneemar. Vallam denab and osechem nei vi ishar usa kino. Vallo asid lavo. We'll last Mishnah and sechta, and so beautifully. You know, we've been focused so much on death, focused so much on loss. So the last Mishnah in the Masechta wants to end off in a positive note. but in the future, omer, bila dima Quotes over here the Pasik from that reference to the, in the future bila death will be swallowed up forever. Hashem dima and Hashem will go ahead and erase every tear. From every cheek, I will say, so. A very, very beautiful, beautiful, almost like anticipatory tefillah that Amir Hashem death will be swallowed. And I will say now what exactly that means is very interesting. You know, we, we, the, the notion of death is a fascinating one. The Medrash says at the end of my sebereshes vayar shara saw tov maot Hashem saw everything that he did and it was very good. What was very good? The Medrash says Zew hamisa. This refers ultimately again. To death. This refers to death, right? That what Hashem made was very good was death. So I will say. So what, what's, what's the pshat that ultimately again everything that death was very good. So I will say. Interestingly enough. So what's the pshat? We wouldn't normally associate death as being something that's very good. So the the commentaries explain, explaining the commentary I will say death is one of the greatest gifts that Hashem Baruch Hu gave us. Because think about it for just a moment. Without death, what's the impetus to accomplish? Without death, what's the impetus to say, I gotta get my act together, right? If if we were immortal, can you imagine what our lives would look like? We would live in a constant, ongoing state of disrepair. Because what's the, why should I take care of the things I have to take care of? Why should I fix myself? Why should I fix my life? There's plenty of time. Death is tov ma'od, because I know one simple thing. I'm gonna die. It's an absolute surety. The only shaila is when. And I don't know when. I don't know when i would be given the gift of old age, not be given the gift of old age. So, because I don't know when I'm going to leave this world, I better get everything in order now. So, what does it mean when Yeshayel says that when Mashiach comes, death is going to be swallowed up forever? So, again, many of the Mefarshman and the Psukim say that what it means is tragic death. Tragic death, what we look at as maybe premature death what we look at as sad death. In other words, people will die because death is part of the fabric of the human condition, an absolute necessity for life accomplishment. But perhaps these tragic elements of death will be swallowed up when Mashiach comes. Just a very, very important yesod. And I both say a very important idea as to how we're supposed to look at death. You know, in Judaism, it's an interesting... Rishan Hirsch says that, you know, if you notice, one of the interesting things is... By churches, you'll often find this, that one thing you'll find attached to almost every single church is a cemetery. Yet by shuls, you never find that. You do find it in Europe. In Europe, you find shuls, right? You find cemeteries attached to shuls, but that's often for a different reason. That's often because there was limitations on Jewish ownership of land. So Jews were allocated a particular amount of land, so you had to maximize it for everything. Rav says, why is it that we don't have cemeteries attached to our shuls? And he says, because Judaism is a life-affirming religion. Because we don't, we, don't, we don't look forward to death. We accept death, we embrace death, but we don't actively look forward to it. Other religions ultimately look forward to death because again, they're promised this, they're promised that. This world is terrible, that world is wonderful. We believe in it all in Haba. But at the end of the day, we recognize that the essence of where we have the opportunity to make a difference is an olam haza, but death is an incredibly important part of life. We don't run from it, we don't ignore it, we accept it, we embrace it, and we utilize the knowledge of it to live a more impactful life in this world. This life comes to an end, we don't know when. We must make the most of it and do what we need to do now, says the Gemara. So my Amr, so we'll say the Gemara talks about, again, the fact that the women would eulogize. What would they say? This is beautiful. So the Gemara says, Amarav, vay la'azla azla la'chavila. So we we'll say, it's interesting. So apparently, there used to be like some common thing things that people would say at Levi's. Common things, especially again, these, uh, the mourning women, you know, the wailing women. What would they say? So Rav said, Vayla Azla, vayla le'chavila so vayla literally means woe, vay is like oy woe to the one who is leaving Vayla so we'll say, it's interesting, if you take a look at the Rabbeinu Hanala, you don't have to look it up, I'll read it to you but Rabbeinu Hanala on the bottom says like this, he says so ultimately again woe to the one who is going going of course a reference to death and now listen to this What's Chavila? So he, the Rabbi says that Chavila is a lashing of mashkon, of collateral. Vay la, vay la azla Chavila. Woe to the one who is leaving. Woe to the one who must return his collateral. So will say, what's the collateral? The collateral is the neshama, right? My soul is collateralized. Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives it to me, but I have an obligation to go ahead and return it. So what's death? Death is a returning of the collateral, ultimately, again, to the Reba, Naushal So I'll we'll say, what an incredible, what an incredible you so My life is on loan. My life is on loan. My soul is collateral. My soul is collateral from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, ozla Khavila Vamarava nashi de the women of Shhansiv, which was a place, what would they say? They would say, good garma mikacha. The nimti maya la'antikhi. So both said they would make this, now, it's interesting. Good garma mikacha literally means the bone is cut from the tooth. But Rashi says, there's something interesting. Rashi says, Good garma mikacha naflu The che- The cheeks, the cheeks have fallen. So I'll this is a reference to something really amazing if you think about it. You know, when a person passes away, when a person passes away, the halacha is that if their mouth is open, you're supposed to try to close the mouth, but sometimes you can't. Not not because of rigor mortis. Just sometimes you can't, just because the way the muscles are, the mouth the mouth doesn't close. So I'll say, how incredible is it that that sometimes a person in life, you know, is fascinating. We control so much when we're alive. We control so much. The important things, not not a lot of things. I don't control, but I control so many things when I'm alive. I control the kind of person I'm going to be. I control my reactions to certain things. I control how I'm going to utilize my time. And death comes, and no flu. again. They they say, "Good kaima mikacha." The cheeks, the cheeks go ahead and fall, which means again, the mouth opens, and I can't even close it. What a contrast. What a contrast. One moment of life I'm in control of so much, and then again, in the next moment, I control nothing. Again, the the Pashup Shat, the good Garma Mikacha, the marsha, the Marasha says over here, again, this is getting smaller, good Garma Mikacha, the marsha says, um, yeah, so good. So, the, so Rashi says again, the, the cheeks open, but again, it literally means the bone is cut from the tooth, the Nimti Ma'ilat which means the water goes back into the kettle. Now what's the pshat that the water goes back into the kettle? Rashi says, hadri klapi malo. So you always say, see normally what happens, where does the water go? The water goes from the kettle into the cup. The water going back to the, into the kettle represents the water returning to the source. So of course a metaphor for death Ultimately, again, the neshama, the soul, returning back to our nashi the woman of Shrensiv would say, atuf Kasu turi, so the mountains should wrap themselves debar rami ubarav revihu. For this man was a great man who was returning, or again, who's returning his neshama to his maker. So again, the Marsha I will say, I'll, I'll mention, you'll take a look in the back, but the marasha has a whole interpretation for each of these statements. For here he says as follows. Here he says, mountains, mountains, Clothe yourself, put on your special garment, for a special and holy man is coming to be buried by you. So again, you know, m- mountains, prepare yourself to accept the body of this person. Bamarava Rava said, Nashi amran, shiul itstila dimosa le dishalimu zavde. See also again, these, these expressions are fascinating. So little, I'll tell you a literal translation and then we'll then I'll, I'll quote you from the Marasha. So the Marsha says as follows, the Marsha says literally again, the coffin, the coffin is a fine robe of silk for the individual, for the Ben-Horen, for the free man, who has used up, Rashi says, who has used up his provisions and now is poor. What does this mean? So again, the Marsha says, he says, so again, Marshall gives two interpretations. shat, again, well, we only have this is not the whole daf by the way, just 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 uh, just a couple of lines. But it's just interesting just that just to kind of see how they would give these eulogies. So literally, what it, what it, so Marshall gives two interpretations. Interpretation number one, he says, is that when a person dies, the only cloak, right? We'll say when I'm alive, a person might wear all kinds of fancy clothing. All kinds of fancy clothing. Fancy cloaks, right? When you die, when you die, what's your cloak? What's your fancy clothing? It's the coffin. It's the coffin. The coffin is what you have in which to go ahead and clothe yourself. And how do they call a, a, a person who dies? Is a ben Benchorin. ben is free. We'll say free means free from a lot of things. It means free from mitzvahs. Free from Gashmis, free from everything, and what do you take with you to the grave? So the Marshal says the pashap shatavir seems to be that no matter what wealth you amass in life, you take nothing with you. you take nothing with you. The cloak you take ultimately again is your is your casket, and no matter what provisions so to speak you 've acquired in life, nothing comes with you to the grave. Raabba Rav says, Nashi Rahit ama He ran, he fell at the crossroads Yosef, and he borrowed money. Okay, what does this mean? So the Marsha again says over here. Sorry, rahit So it's a very profound idea. This person this is but they eulogized. Person ran after his parnasa his entire life. Viata, and now nafal And now he has fallen at the crossroads. The crossroads represent the crossroads between this world and the next. Via say the Shalova and yet he still has to repay his debts. you notice by the way a theme. The theme being that no matter what you accomplish in the material world, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. So don't allow, to material success, but don't allow material success to be the determinant of your life success. That might be a of your life success in this world, but none of that comes with you to the world to come. So we'll say, listen to this lesson, right, sorry, this guy spent his life running. Now we'll say, remember, again, I'll also point out, that these eulogies, I don't want to use the word like canned eulogies, but they were the type of things that people said at Levias in general because they weren't necessarily specific about the person who passed away, but rather were what? Were more descriptive of the human condition. That how do people spend lives? People spend lives running. We run, we run after our parnasal. We have to. And then we fall at the crossroads. The crossroads representing, again, the crossroads between this world and the next. And now is when we have to repay the true debt. And we'll say, what's the true debt? That's the debt that we have to give to Akhadesh Baruch Hu after 120. He gave us an advance. Right? What was the advance? The advance was life. The advance was in Hashamah. Now I have to come back to Lama Habba and pay the debt. And hopefully, hopefully I can make good on that which I owe Akhadesh Baruch. Hu. But Omrava. Rava says, Amran. <laughs> the women of Shhensiv say, Tag so my brothers, merchants, merchants, azab azab Zogi the nest is going to be checked. so the marshal says over here, the nest represents again where you accumulate your, your life actions. so my brothers, my merchants, right everyone in life, after 120, the checks what's in the nest. incredible Death is death. Umarin chibulaya. But ultimately, again, sometimes the variable is how much you have to suffer. Meaning, in other words, we'll say death is part of the human condition. Can't avoid it. What we sometimes can avoid in life is how much suffering is visited upon us. And again, the Marashal points out over here, because there are two different types of suffering. And this is very profound. Two different types of suffering. There's suffering that is visited upon us, and there's suffering we visit upon ourselves. And I will say, this is an incredible yisod. That certain types of suffering I can't avoid, right? Illness, different things in life, those are things that happen to me. But how often do we bring things upon ourselves because of bad decisions we make in life? So here the Nashid Shkhensiv said, Mosa kimosa, death is death, everyone dies. In but the real variable is how much you suffer in life. Good, I will say. So that brings the end. So again, I just want to point out these, these particular eulogies, the reason the is quoting them over here is because they're not what we'll call Mace-specific, right? In other words, they're not particular eulogies that were given for particular people. These seem to be general motifs which were, which were expressed at the Levaya. I say, you know, I say this often by Leviahs as well. And you see this in the Gemara. A Levaya is a very powerful thing because it is rare in life that you get people to contemplate mortality, right? Most of us don't go through the day thinking about death, which is a good thing, which is a good thing because we're hopefully balanced and healthy people, right? It's not healthy to be focused on death. But at the same time, when a person goes to a Levaya, that's an incredible opportunity to focus on one's mortality so that one could emerge better better energized to lead a more impactful life. So these, these eulogies or, or these statements that were made were general like, con, like, like con, human condition statements. We run, we this, the nest, the collateral, all these different things. were are there to just get people to think about how we can live better. Incredible. Says Tanya, Tanya, higher emir, or emir says, Tov well that? one of the most profound Psukim. Shlamat says in Mishta, it is better to go to a house of mourning than it is to go to a house of celebration. Why? for this is the end of all men. And again the end of the Pasak is Ad Bahai Yitain Alibo, the living will take it to heart. So the Gemara says, Dvarim Shal Misa. What will the living take to heart? So we'll said, the living will take to heart the entire dynamic of death. How so? yasped yispedune. If you eulogize people, people will eulogize you. yikbar yikbarune, If you bury people, people will bury you. yitan yitanune. If you help to lift the mace, people will help to lift you. Diyadel yidlune. Rashi says over here, if you eulogize people, people will eulogize you or lift people up through eulogy. So, we'll say, amri. Others say, lo yidal yidlune. If you don't go ahead and raise your voice, in other words, if you don't make a public spectacle from your eulogies, in other words, you do things in a modest way, then ultimately, again, yidlune. People will go ahead and eulogize you as well. So, we'll say a very profound Gemara. The idea being, the idea being that it is important. To participate in giving Kavadames in giving honor to the dead. And when we could participate in a Levi, and I will say, unfortunately, sometimes what ends up happening is, you know, we only go to Leviyas or we only go to Shiva homes when it's people that we know. And it's incredibly important, you know, I often hear this from people after they sit Shiva, Rachman al Lutzlan. They say, oh, I now realize how important it is to go to Shiva homes. You know, even if I don't know the person. Because, you know, when you're the person sitting, Shiva, and if you're that person who they have trouble getting the minion for or this, that, you begin to realize that you become fully and wholly dependent on other people. Right? Mostly the whole dynamic of death is that I can't do anything myself. Right? The mace is powerless. So if people show for the levaya, they show for the levaya. People eulogize they eulogize, people bury you they bury you. And I will say like it's Mazl for everything. Some people have enough people at their levaya to fill in the kever. Some people don't have enough people to fill in the kever. So the Gemara says over here, be part of this chesed while you're alive because if you do this for other people, then when your time comes, people will do it for you. So I say, if you notice by the way, it's not like the most like lofty Gimara, right? It's very utilitarian, but it's very, but, but, but it drives the point home, right? When you're dead, you're dependent. And if you're dependent, you need other people. How do you ensure other people will be there for you in your time of need? When you cannot do one thing for yourself, be the kind of person who is there for others in their time of need. Be there for the Levaya, be there for the Kvura, Be there for the shiva home, so that when your time comes, which inevitably it does, people will be there for us as well. Incredibly profound. Tanah banam. Both saying incredible gemara. When Rabbi Shmah's sons passed away, when his sons passed away, so four four elders came in to give him the chama. Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi, sorry, Rabbi Yosi Agalili, Rabbi Lozov and first by line, Rabbi Akiva. So all of these, all of these Tamidi Chachamim came in to give Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael consolation. So Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon said to him, said, said to them, Du shechacham We'll say this is Rabbi Yishmael, right? Rabbi Yishmael calling godol. So Rabbi Yishmael is a great Talmud Chacham. No, ultimately again, a baki ba and again he is a baki in al mikem de So I said, listen to this instruction. Rabbi Tarifin said, listen. If you all want to speak, that's fine. No repetition. I say so. We've got now a bunch of rabbanim speaking, and no one's allowed to repeat anything that the other one said. Never been done. Never been done in the history of Jewish people. Right, so, I'll say, so now again, you can all speak if you want to. But again, Rabbi Shmuel said, Don't waste your words. If you have something to say, then say it. But if somebody already said it, don't repeat it. Incredible. Don't repeat it. So am Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, akhra. Rabbi Akiva said, Okay, they all agreed. And Rabbi Akiva said, If it's okay, I'll go last. I'll go last. <laughs> so Rabbi, Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel, so I'll say, First, interest Rabbi Shmuel begins. Now remember, who's Rabbi, Shmuel? Rabbi Shmuel was the mourner. So, the first person who spoke is Rabbi Shemal. This goes back to the Gemara that we saw before that in a base Avel, you don't speak until when? Until spoken to. Right? It's the Avel who opens up the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, Rabbi Shemal speaks first. And I will say it's such a heartbreaking thing. Va'amar. Rabbi Avan Clearly, again, my sins, my sins have become great. Takfu Avelov. Multiple mornings have overtaken me. He's matriach, his friend. He's referring to himself. He's matriach, his rabbinic colleagues. Once and twice, because remember, again, I say, in this case over here, Rabbi Shmuel's two sons or two children. Again, I will say, if this is Rabbi Shmuel Cohen Gadol, then ultimately, again, this is the famous ma'isa of his son and daughter who both died in Roman captivity. Hey, but or it could be it could be Achmat'san, other children. But the idea being is, Rabbi Shmuel starts off by saying, obvious, he felt, he felt that this must be a reflection of my sinful state. This must be a reflection of the terrible things that I've done to bring these calamities upon myself. So now in Rabbi Tarifon, Rabbi Tarifon speaks first. Yifku say, this is by the death of Nardav and Aviyu. So Hashem, sells, Hashem says to Aaron, to Adon, that I, you and your sons cannot mourn, klav Yisrael will mourn, <senin> v'acheychem kobayis reiv, kwa sreva, will mourn, v'aloud varm kavachomer, so this is a kavachomer, umana da v'avi yushlo, asa'ala mitzvah achos, nada v'ravi, who only did one mitzvah, they will say, now the mashah doesn't literally mean they only says, they didn't mean that, that they only did one mitzvah, in the context of the consecration of the mishkan, they only got to do one mitzvah, dechsev, Vayakrivu es Ultimately, again, they brought the blood, the sacrificial blood, to Aaron. so, again, of who only got to do one mitzvah in the context of the Beis Hamikdash, were called kadoshim. Were called holy. Or the most your sons who did many mitzvahs how Kaddish, how holy they are considered to be. So we'll say, so that was, that was Rabbi Tarifim. So, Rabbi Yosei then went ahead and said, Rabbi Yosei then went ahead and said, And all of Kaddai Yisrael eulogized him, and they buried him. We'll say, who is this a reference to? This is a reference to Avia, the son of Yerobam ben Nevat. Right? Yerobam ben Nevat was the first king. Over the split Malchus of Israel, right during the days of Shlomo HaMelech's son Rechavam, the kingdom of Israel the split into Malchus Yehuda and Malchus Yisrael. So Yeravam was the first king of was the first king of Malchus Yisrael. and ultimately this is a reference to his son Avia. So again, all of Cloud Israel they, they eulogized Avia and they buried him. So we'll say, what did Avia do? Uma Avia ben Yeravam Shlomo Asa davar echa told. Aviyah, Ben Yeravim did only one good thing in his life. I found one good thing in Aviyah. So we'll say, you do see a similar theme in the, in the words of comfort, which is what they're trying to tell Rabbi Shemal is as painful as it is that you lost your children, they accomplished so much in their short life. You see how the Novi, or the Torah, how Tanakh, goes ahead and affords such cover to people who just accomplish one thing. Your children who accomplished many things al-achas kama So the Gemara says, by the way, my dovertov, my Dover Tov, what's the good thing that Avia accomplished? So the Gemara says, Well, it's actually very profound. My Dover Tov, Rabbi Zerabhi Chanina, Rabbi Chinina Bar Papa, Chad Amr Shebital Mishmar Tova Ola L'Ragyal, V'chad Amr Shebital Pardisoos Sheho Ravim Aviv. To listen to this. One of the things that Yeravam ben Nevat did when he became king. So Yiravim ben Nevat started out as a tzaddik, but unfortunately, everything kind of descended into chaos when, when his leadership became about preserving his covenant. Yeravam ben Nevat was afraid that he would lose his monarchy. When people would go ahead and be regal. there's only one base hamikdash, right? So they're Regal to Yerushalayim, which is in Malchus Yehuda. It's only a matter of time until they pledge their allegiance to the Davidic king, and he loses his monarchy. So what did he do? He set up golden calves, right? He set up, he set up golden calves, and he said to essentially to his kingdom, "You don't have to go to Yerushalayim; you could worship right here." So what did Avia, his son, do? There's a machlokas. Some say that Avi, and by the way, he also posted guards. He posted guards by the borders of his kingdom, not allowing people to go ahead and go up and to be Olaragel. So what did this boy, Avia? What, what, what did he do? What oh, was his accomplishment? So two interpretations. One interpretation says that he was one of the guards. He left his post and he went up to Yerushalayim. And the other opinion says that no, he went ahead and he took away the sentries that his father had posted, thereby allowing the Jews to freely be Ola Regal, incredible. So we'll nana Rabbi ben Azariah, giving words of comfort. Rabbi Shmuel, he's giving words of comfort. Rabbi he's giving words of comfort. to Shmuel, so we'll he's giving words of comfort. say, what's the giving so we'll words of comfort. Kavachomer? Shmuel, he's giving words of comfort did only one good mitzvah. What was the one good mitzvah? Shehe'la Ultimately, again, Yermiyo Hanavi was stuck, right, was literally stuck. And, and, and Tzilkio extricated him from the mortar, right? Extricated from the tit. So the Gemara says, So we we'll say Tzilkio, who unfortunately did many bad things, but did one good thing, and as a result was given the bracha of B'Shalom Thomas, that you will die in peace. If he's given the bracha for one good act in Rabbi Shmuel, how much more so your sons who led pious and virtuous lives? Will be rewarded as well. I will say, last, last comforter, Rabbi Akiva. Na'ana Rabbi Akiva of Omar, on
1: that
0: day, Yigdal Hamispaid <laughs> Birushan, mispaid Hadadrimon Bebekas Megido. I say, if you remember again, we had this Gemara already. We had this Gemar Meshachas Megillah, or Meshachas Tainis. So Gemar says, on that day, on that day, there will be a great eulogy in Yerushalayim, like the eulogy of Hadadrimon. it was Hadadrimon ben Tavrimon, in the valley of Megiddo. Vaam Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Ilmah leitarkume da'ai kra, lo havi'edana mai ka'amar, Rav Yosef says, were not for the explanation of this Pasuk, we'll have absolutely no idea what it's talking about, right? Because we'll remember, again, the, the Pasuk in Zechariah, we don't know who Hadadrimon, Haddadrimon ben Tavrimon is. So the Gemara says, sorry, we'll Yosef, say, we're not for the, we're not for the, we're, uh, we're not for the explanation of that Pasuk, lo ben Amri. In that time, Boss, remember we had this gemara, and uh, the gemara explained what is this referring to. This is referring to the levaya of the yetzer hara, right? The Mashiach comes; the yetzer hara is going to be is going to be slaughtered, and there is going to be a Leviathan for the yetzer hara. And the Leviah for the yetzer hara is going to be as great as the Leviah for Achav ben Amri, King Achav, who unfortunately again was so close to doing tshuva so many times in his life. But yet uh, failed to launch. Never, never, never actually did Tshuva. So the so the 4, for the Yitzhar is going to be as great as the Levi of Ahav ben Amri, the Kosov Yaseh Hadajimon ben Tavrimon, who was killed by Hadadrimon, and Tavrimon, Ukimispaid the Bar Amon, the Kato Yase Paro Hagira Bebekas Megido. It will be as great as the Levi of Yoshio Bar Amon Ben Amon, who was killed by Paro. Who only did one good thing in his life? <inaudible> supposed to listen to this. Achav did one good thing in his life. To say this is incredible. What was the one good thing that Achav did? Listen to this. The Pasek is quoting over here. The king stood strong in his chariot. Opposite Aram. Abel said, this is actually an incredible, incredible story. So Achav is leading the army, the Jewish army against Aram. They're being defeated. They're being defeated. So Achav has been mortally wounded. Mortally wounded. He refused to lay down. He stood tall in his chariot. Because he understood that if people would see that the king was mortally wounded, what would happen? They, They would give up. They would give up. So Acha was really an incredible thing, an incredible display of leadership, despite the fact that he was going to die as a result of his wounds, summoned up all of his strength to remain standing in his chariot so that the people would see him as a beacon of strength, not knowing what happened to him, and continue forward in the battle. It's incredible. And we will say, otherwise, he was a pretty bad guy. Otherwise he did some really bad stuff. But yet, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu recognizes the one good thing that he did. All the more so, ultimately, again, the sons of Rabbi Yishmael, how much they accomplished. So I will say, you see that all of the Rabbani who came in all offered the same, the same theme of consolation. Rabbi Yishmael, your children's lives may have been short, but look how much they accomplished. Because look how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives credit. When you accomplish but one good thing in your life, and your children kama how much good they accomplish—pretty incredible. it says ultimately again by Tzidkiyo that he'll die in a state of peace, but it also says Ves iver. remember again, Tzidkiyo was the king who was taken into captivity by Nebuchad Netzar. Right? So right before the destruction of the first base. So what happens? So it says Sirkio was told that he's going to die in peace. But then it also says that Sirkio was blinded actively. It's not a metaphor. But actually blinded by Nebuchadnezzar. So what's the pshat? So i will say, how is that of death in peace? So we're just going, On it's that Nebuchadnezzar predeceased Sirkio, so Sirkio had the satisfaction of seeing Nebuchadnezzar die during his lifetime. That's what he means Bishalom Thomas Nafshi, or Bishalom Thomas, I should say. Amar Raba, Amar Raba, the Raba Bar Mori, Raba Setra Bar Mori, Ksive Bioshiyo, Lachin Hinani Osivcha, Osivcha Alav so we'll say, it says by Yoshio, that ultimately I will collect you onto your forefathers, and you will, essentially, you'll die B'Shalom. So he was guaranteeing that he'll die B'Shalom. And we'll say, the Pesach says that when Yoshio goes out to battle against Paro, against Paro, we'll say he, is, he was killed by the arrows of the enemy. And not only was he killed by the arrows of the enemy, but on shall So we it will say, Yoshio's body was pierced by so many arrows that he became like a sieve. So, how is that a death, B'Shalom, when you die through, the, through so many arrows? It will say, what it means is not that Yoshio's death was a peaceful one, his death was a violent one. But the, but, but, but the idea of Shalom that Hashem said was that Yoshio did not have to witness the destruction of the Beis hamikdash that he left this world with the Beis Amitash still standing, he did not have to see the destruction. Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say back to some halacha, really fascinating halacha. On Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say, this halacha is a perfect segue from this story, because remember again, all of the Rabbanim were coming in to comfort Rabbi Shmall, and no one begins to talk until Rabbi Ishmael first says something. And Rabbi Yochanan says that is why. Because ultimately, again, we don't go ahead and issue or utter any words of consolation until the Aval speaks. Shanae Amar, Acharei Pasa, Iov, Vahadar, Vayaan, Elifaz, Hatei Mari. And we'll say from Sefer, Iov. Eov, of course, is in mourning for his children, for everything he lost. And the Pasek says, Eov said something, and then only afterwards did his friend Eliphaz say something as well. We'll say that's Ta'lochov. So Rabbi Avraham says, How do we know that an avel literally sits at the head of the table? And that, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, mesav literally means reclining. Right? So at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily, in this case, have to mean reclining because with Pashtos, the ovel doesn't recline while he eats. The important thing to see from this, Kimar is Rabbi Yavo is saying, is that let's say there are a bunch of people eating at the base Oval, right? At the mourner's home. How do we know that the mourner sits at the head of the table? Shanae mar, Darkom, the rosh ve'eshkon kimelech begidud so, we'll say, ultimately, again, it says, I will choose their bath, I will seat them at the front, they will dwell with the king in the group like Avelim so, we'll so, so, the idea that the Gemara is extracting from is that the Avel kind of sits like the king. Just like the king sits at the head of the table, so too the Avel sits at the head of the table. I, the Gemara says, Yinachim. Yinachim achrini mashma. We'll say, Yinachim sounds like it's referring not to the mourner, but those who come to console the mourner. You read it as Yinochim, the one who they come to console. So we'll say it's so an interesting halacha that if the Avel is that if there's a group of people eating in the base Avel, the Avel sits at the head of the table. We'll say so something very interesting on this Gemara. I have to make sure to finish today. I will say, so, so I saw quoted in the, in the Sefer Mipnini Harav. So I'll say in the name of Rabbi Soloveitchik, who says something very interesting. I'll read to you this part. He says over here as follows. So he quotes away this Gemara, that Avel may barosh. So I'll say, so now listen to this. So the idea over here that you see from this Gemara is that you have to give COVID to an Ovel. The idea of the Ovel sitting at the head of the table is that the Ovel gets covered. But right? you have to give, so I'm not just there to consult the avel, but there's this comparison in this interesting way between the avel and a melech. Melech gets covered, the avel gets covered. Shabbos Yehvesalevichik said based on this something very interesting. He says, "Can you do nichum avelim by telephone?" Let's say I can't make it over to the base avel. Can I call up the avel? Can I call up the avel and do nichum avelim by phone? Do nichum avelim by phone, right? Or right? COVID times also this came up, right? Can you now? Can say no one's disagreeing that it's a nice thing to do? The shayla is, can I fulfill the mitzvah of nichum avelim through this? So Rabbi Saladichik says something absolutely amazing. He says over here, he says that near a Ze mimidas eretz, litvoa mimenu mimkomo. Telephone. So this is very interesting. So Soloveitchik says that no one would say to a king, hey king, you have a phone call, come here, come here and take the call. Right. So it's Rabbi so, Soloveitchik says, it's not mimidas derech eretz of a king to go ahead and summon the king to the phone. If you need to talk to the king, you come to the king. So, so now, it sounds like from the way the Rav was writing, it's interesting, is that what was he referring to? So telephones with a cord. You'll Google it, right? If, you, if you, you know, I'm getting some quizzical expressions over here, right? Phones used to have cords, right? So it sounds like what they're describing over here, ultimately, again, is like, you know, the phone rings, right? The phone rings in the kitchen. There's a cord. You have to tell the other, you have a phone call. Come here. Rabbi Soloveitchik said, that's not me, that's the king. The king doesn't go to anything. Everything comes to the king. So Rabbi Soloveitchik actually said that, one could not go ahead and... Fulfill the mitzvah of Nicholm with a phone call because that is not in accordance with the Kavad of the Avel. Now, I think the truth is, based on what the Rav is saying today, especially again with cell phones, where you could just, you, somebody else could answer the phone, someone else could answer the phone and bring it to the Avel, it would seem that one would be able to fulfill the mitzvah in that way. Rav Moshe also discusses this, and Rav Moshe is something amazing. He says, there, this is incredible, there are two parts to the mitzvah of Nicholm Aveilim, two parts to it. Right, I will say one part is the cover you give to the living, and one part is the cover you give to the dead. The cover you give to the dead through Nicholm Avelim is only accomplished through showing up in the Shiva home. The comfort you give to the living could be accomplished even through a phone call. So Ramoshe Paskin is interestingly enough that you could fulfill Nicholm Avelim through a phone call, but only one part of ni'chom Avelim, only covered to the living. But the covet that is given to the dead is only experienced when one actually shows up in the shiva home. Quite fascinating. So the Gemara has more to talk about. But we have to go back there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Um, good. Uh, good. 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 merzach Good. Similarly, again, how do a chasin sits at the head of the table. So we will say it's a very interesting comparison over here, right? The Avel is treated like a melech. The chasin is treated like a melech. Ki chasin yechahin per. Mak coin brush, because it compares a chasin to a coin. Just like a coin ultimately, again, sits at the head of the table, is given covet. Af Barosh. Ultimately again, so too chosen says at that of the table as well. The Kohen Guve how do you know that a Kohen is afforded a heightened level of honor? the kidashto. The says you shall sanctify the Kohen. So what does it mean to the to sanctify the Kohen? The Kohen goes first for everything. He's given the first opportunity to bench, He goes through the door first, you offer him food first. So we'll say, isn't this incredible? So Chasson is compared to a Cohen, Avel is compared to a Melech, and therefore everyone, everyone is given covered. We'll say it is quite fascinating. Why would an Avel be given covered? Why would Avel be given covered? We'll say there is no greater moment where a person is open and receptive to growth and sees life for what it is than when a person is in Avelos. Right, there is an opportunity for unprecedented spiritual growth when a person is in avelus. Because when a person experiences death, experiences death of a loved one, you know all the things that we hide behind in life come down, and a person sees life and sees themselves for who and what they really are. And there is a moment there of such incredible introspective growth that a person like that is considered to be as important. And as holy as the Melech, incredible use, right? Let's go. Kashi the, the, the soul leaving the body is as difficult. Type of Kitsi pori b'fi aveshet, like a knotted rope through a hole. So I will say so again. If you're trying to pull a rope with knots through a hole, it's a lot of effort. So we will say this is actually an incredible Gemara because we just saw before we saw in yesterday's daf. Right, some of these great rabbanim, some of these great rabbanim, when they de- came back to their colleagues, right, and described the process of death, we saw two explanations. Right, one was like the removal of, of a of a hair from milk. The other one was like the little bit of a, of the prick from giving from giving blood. It didn't seem all that dramatic. Here, the gemara describes death. It's so turbulent. Like the, the removal of the body from the soul is like pulling a knotted rope through a narrow hole. So we'll say, so how do you reconcile the two? So it could be that for, for Tzadikim, death is a non-abrasive experience. Death kind of happens smoothly, which we'll say is very interesting. Why? What's the pshat with the tension? What's the tension of death? The tension of death is the tension between the body and the soul, right? The body wants to stay here. The body likes Olam the soul wants to go back to Olam Haba. So says, depending on what kind of person I am determines the tension in death. If a person is a very earthly material being, so the body refuses to let go of the soul. If my life is about Gashmias, then the body does not want the soul to leave because this is what life is all about. That's where death becomes this intense tug of war. But if a person is primarily ruchni, if a person has cultivated an identity of spirituality, an identity of holiness, where the essence of my persona is my neshama, is my ruchnius, then death is a much less turbulent experience because the body throughout life has been conditioned to be subservient to the soul. say hear this: what the Gemara is saying is think about. If, if I look at myself. Who's the dominant force in my life, right? Is my body dominant over my soul or is my soul dominant over my body? And I both say, when does this come to make a difference? This makes a difference in how I die. See, if my body is turbulent over, if my body is dominant over my soul, death is grueling because the body will not let go because the body is the dominant feature. And therefore, again, it's like pulling the knotted rope through the holes. But at the end of the day, if it's the soul that's dominant, then at the end of the day, the body is willing to let go because the body has always been secondary to the soul. Incredible Gemara. So the Gemara is Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Kiptiri same idea. He says, like cables, like cables through the hole in a boat. Rashi says over, bo Oh, it's the same idea. So I will say, so this is just the cable that keeps the pieces of the boat together. But same idea. It's like ropes through a hole. Good. I will say, incredible, incredible Gimara. I will say, this is an incredibly important Yesod. The Gimara says, when you go ahead and you depart from someone who has died, the greeting, you give the per- greeting. So the words the words you say to a person who has passed away is leich lishalom. Go to peace, right? Go to peace. Rabbi B'gimara says, And if lo yomar lo leich bishalom. I'm sorry. Just the opposite. Lo yomar lo leich lishalom, and bishalom. Rabbi said, when a person takes leave of the dead, he doesn't say leich lishalom. Rather, he says leich bishalom. Don't go to peace, but rather ultimately again go in peace. Haniftra <laughs> minachai, person who takes leave of the living. Lo yomar lo lech bishalom, el aleich lishalom. Ultimately again, when a person takes leave of the living, he doesn't say go in peace, but rather he says go to peace. Haniftra minameis lo yomar lo lech. We'll explain in just a moment. Haniftra minameis lo yomar lo lech lishalom, el aleich bishalom. Shene Amar vaato el bishalom. Because I say, ultimately, again, when 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 then Baruch describes what's going to happen, you will go to your forefathers bishalom. So death is described, right? Death is described ultimately again bishalom. Go in peace. So the Gemara says bishalom. But when you take leave of the living, you don't say lech bishalom. Not go in peace, but rather go to peace. Davon HaMelech accidentally used the wrong words with his son, Avshalom. He said to Avshalom, Leich Bishalom, he should have said Leich Lishalom, and Avshalom ends up getting killed. Not not that the Gemara is saying that David HaMelech is responsible for his son's death, but ultimately, again, that Tav words were a metaphoric foreshadow for the fact that of Shalom was not going to live. So we'll say, what's, what's the distinction between lech Lishalom and Lech Bishalom? We'll say, this is incredibly beautiful. So the Nimuki Yosef explains on this. He says something beautiful. He says, Kito Shalom." Listen to these words. Kitar shalom Hugam Kinoi So we'll say, the word Shalom is also, that we, we translate Shalom as peace. But Shalom also means Shulling. shalom, to be complete. So, lachem biyosa adem b'chaim, omid hu Torah, omid soh, slahash al When a person is alive, he's not shulling. He's not shalom. He's not complete. Right? To be who's ever complete? There's always more to learn. There's always more chesed to do. There's always something to fix. Therefore, again, betzedek omno haniftarem l'cha mimeno l'cha leich lish shalom. When you take leave of someone who's living, what's the proper way to say goodbye? Lech Lishalom. You give them a bracha. What's the bracha? I hope you find Shleimos. The beautiful bracha. I hope you find completion in life. Right? You're not complete. I'm not complete. Lech Lishalom. I hope you find Shlemos, I hope you find, I hope you learn more, I hope you do more, hope you accomplish, I hope you become more. I give you the bracha, I give you the bracha of Shalom, I give you the bracha of Shlemos. Masha Enkin says in the Muke, Yosef, but when a person dies, when a person dies, of both say, death is the end of the road, right? Whatever you've done, you've done, right? Whatever you've accomplished, you've accomplished. And therefore again, what do we say to the dead? Lech Bishalom, go on to eternity now, with whatever shleimos you've accomplished. Go in the shleimos, in the completion that you've accomplished. Whatever, whatever you've accomplished, you've accomplished. Baleich bishalom. Go on to eternity in that state of shleimos that you have accomplished, so If I will say what an incredible you sowed. That the bracha that we give to each other is leich lishalom. I hope that you find shleimos. I hope that you find completion in life. You tell me, I hope that you find completion. Because we'll say, what are we all, what are we all looking for in this world? Think about it, what are we all looking for? We all, at the end of the day, I know that I'm deficient. What I'm looking for is to feel whole. The challenge in life is we often look for wholeness in all the wrong places, right? As they say, right? Right? We go out and we look for shlemos, right? In all the, in other words, we're all, we're all. And you see this in the world all the time. I'm looking to be whole. I'm looking for shalom. I'm looking for but sometimes I try to fill that hole. I try to fill that void with all the wrong things. So the bracha you give to the living is lech le shalom. Bravo said the scariest part of death is that when you die, whatever amount of shlemos you've accomplished, that's what you got. That's what you got. No more, no less. Lech bishalom, we say to the dead, I hope the shlemos that you accomplished over this lifetime is enough. Is enough for you to subsist on for all eternity. Now go on to eternity in this shlemos. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible. So the Gemara goes back to Yisra, Ashram al Moshe, Leich Lishalom, Halach Vitzliach. So Yisra said to Moshe Abenu, Lech Lishalom, and Moshe Abenu went on and was Matzliach. I say, isn't this an incredible Gemara? That the Gemara, right, we'll say, what does the Gemara attribute Moshe Abenu's success to? What does it attribute his success to? To the bracha he got from the shver. Right, his father-in-law gave him a bracha, so now he, that, that, that really? Really? Moshe Rabbeinu's success is because, right, Yisra says to Moshe, Lech Lishalom, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu's success. we but you see something amazing over here, take whatever brachas you can get in life, right? And even the bracha of an ordinary person is something so significant and something so meaningful. There's no such thing as when one Jew, or in this case, even one human being, gets a bracha from another human being. Rebosei, that is special. Take it take it because you never know whose brachus really means something in this world. Saying, Conclusion. Conclusion. Listen to this. A person saying, who goes ahead and goes from the shul to the base also Remember again, in times of the Gemara, you often had two different spaces. You had a base ha which is where you davened and a base hamedrash, which is where you learned. So the Gemara describes over here a person who goes from davening to learning, from learning to davening. He says, He will say, we'll be privileged to see the He will say, "By the way, this doesn't just mean after 120. It doesn't mean the afterlife." He say, "Think about it. A person who goes from the base medrash to the base aknesses, right? The person who does this, who spends his life going back and forth again. It doesn't mean all day. I have other things I have to do also." But a person who makes the base medrash, the base sakneses, a fixture in his life, is Zohar to see the shchinah. It's not an esoteric bracha. Who's in the base medrash? Who's in the base sakneses? The ribalash olam. So on every single day I show up to shul, every single day I show up to the base medrash, I'm zocha to see the shchinah. Shene amar yechu michayo el chayo. Yira so i will say it's very interesting. You go from chayel al-chayel. will say, now often when you hear people use this phrase, Yelcho mi el-chayel. So we'll say, which again is the, is the Pasuk in the Tehillim. Yelcho mi-chayel el We often think chayel means what? Why when you hear people say, you should go from chayel to chayel, what does it mean? Strength to strength. So the truth is, the real definition that the Gemara is using over here, chayel means a great assembly of people. Multitudes el You'll go from one multitude to the other. The multitudes, of course, being uh, reference to the groups of people in the base Medrash, to the groups of people in the base Akneses. You should go from one multitude to another multitude. Now, of course, it means strength. chayil also means like, like a chayal, like a soldier. It also does mean from strength to strength. But in the purest definition, it means from multitude to multitude. He who goes from multitude to multitude, from the base Medrash to the base Akneses, Yira el Elohim B'tzion. Ultimately, again, we'll see HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rebbe, say, what an incredible you sowed. When we come, and we're Zoha. Why are we say, Why are we Zoha? We're Zoha, because we have one-stop shopping. Right? Why one-stop shopping? All your spiritual needs in one location. Right? Because our Beis Haknesses and our base Medrash is one. Is one. So literally, again, we have the Chayel El Chayel in one address, in one location. So every single morning, every single evening, when I come to the Beis Haknesses. I am literally, again, going Mikhail al khail and I have the privilege to see the Shekhinah. So we we'll say, we think we come to learn who we sing, we're singing each other, we're singing Barak Hashem, our beloved Gemara, but we don't realize that we're singing the Shekhinah each and every day. And when we come to the Beis Magist, and to the Beis Aknes, wrapped up in one, we're literally going Mikhail al say, the, Massech, the ends, listen to this Gemara. Ashi Tamidi Afilu li olam haba. Tamidi chachamim have no rest even in the world to come. Shnei Amar yelchu al chayil yira el elokim b'tzion. They go from chayil to chayil, from one multitude to another multitude, one group to another group. They'll see elokim b'tzion. what does this mean that Tamidi chachamim don't have any rest in this world? So says there is a beautiful grass. It's actually a gra maseches brachas, and the grass says this. Rabbi say, listen to this. And will say, in this world, a person is called a Haleich. Right? That's how a person is called. Why is a person called a Haleich? Because the objective of Olam Haze is constant Halicha, constant growth, constant movement. I never stop. However, Nikra omed. will say, in the world to come, what is a person called? A person is called an omid. Right? Why is a person called? But I would say, same idea. lech Lishalom, lech Bishalom. In this world, I'm a holich. I'm, I always have to be growing. I always have to be doing. I always have to be accomplishing. I'm always Leich Lishalom. In Olam Haba, a person is an Ome. They're standing in place. Why? Because at the end of the day, lech Bishalom. Right? At the end of the day, you have what you have. Whatever you accomplish in this world, that's it. Look what the grass says. <laughs> there are some tzaddikim at the end of the day who ultimately, again, in the world to come, are considered to be hochim as well. <laughs> so the grass says the Gemara is describing something absolutely amazing. Then I will say, Listen to this Gemara, because this Gemara. Changes your life. You what'll say, "What's the scariest part of death?" Let's be honest. We have a whole minute left. What's this? And, and this, we're going to get to the essence of life. One minute. Right, so I'll say, "So, what's the scariest part of death?" Scariest part of death Sensation. is this, It's it's that you're done. It's not the fact that I'm not living anymore. Okay, this is Olam Haba. It's that I can't accomplish. Shabbos say, "It's six oh six forty-five Ready? Okay, I was going to say six. It's really was six forty-four just a moment ago. We'll okay. say, "Right, I have a whole day ahead of me. I have a whole day ahead of me." I can do whatever I want. I can be whatever I want. I can make of myself. Today can be the day that I affect all of the changes that I've been speaking about for years. I could do it today. And every day of life represents untold possibilities. When I die, when I die, that's it. That's it. That, that's the end. There's no more accomplishment. Says the Grah, it's not true. There are some tzaddikim who create lives that are focused on such growth in this world that Hashem gives them the gift of growth even in the world to come. He will say, isn't that the most incredible thing you've ever heard in your life? There are some people who make growth such a cornerstone of this world, that Hashem gives them the gift of growth even in Olam Haba, even in the world to come. If you live a life of growth, Hashem will give you the gift of a death of growth as well. We'll say, isn't that something to aspire to? Because how incredible would it be if my growth doesn't have to stop after 120? There, if there is a way to grow, and there is a way to become better, and there is a way to go mala mala even in Olam Haba. will say, there's more to say, there's a beautiful Belzoreba, but we don't have time for it today, maybe at the siyum. We'll say that is the last lesson of Mesechas Mo'it katan, A Mesecha that focused us so much on death, and focused us on the idea that death is the end of the road. Death is the end of the road, except for those who it's not the end of the road for. And if we live lives of incredible growth, we live growth-focused lives. And a sees how much we want halicha, we want growth, we want lech le shalom in this world, then he will give us the gift of growth, the gift of halicha, the lech le shalom in olam haba as well. Mazel on completing this Masechta. And we'll make our well, plans for the scene will be forthcoming. We begin Masechah's Chagiga tomorrow morning. B'sha'a tova umetlachah. is going to be a magnificent journey. Maybe Zohcha Hashem for Halicha in this world and for Halicha in the world to come as well. Shigaya. It's absolutely true Absolutely true